Guess what? We've just started our very own Catching Up With Cub community and we want you to be part of it. Head to cub.club forward slash podcast now and join the community. Hello, ladies, and welcome to today's show. Catching Up With Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club United Business, Australia's number one members club connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. Today, I catch up with a very special guest, Kelly Rigney, owner and CEO of retail powerhouse Zhuzh. Kelly is not just special because of her incredible company she's built, but she also happens to be the mother of our marketing manager here at Cub. With 14 stores across Australia, Kelly actually started her business during maternity leave after realizing that she just wasn't passionate about her successful legal career she had to date. In that time, she started Zhuzh and Kelly shares her incredible story building this retail empire. Starting her company from home to building 14 women's boutiques that specialize in zhuzhing up their customers' lives with great fashion, accessories, gifts, and homewares. Kelly actually had a bunch of knowledge and lessons to share, and she spoke a lot about how to create a systemized experience across all of her stores. She shared a lot of lessons around how to keep customers coming back, how to keep things fresh and interesting, and she was very passionate about being passionate, doing something that you love and working hard at it. Kelly is a very inspiring businesswoman. I hope you enjoy the show. This time of the year must be the most busy time of the year for for someone in your business. It is. It really, really is. It's um, it's when it all happens. So all hands are on deck. Our stores are have more staff working than than usual. We've gift wrap absolutely everything. So there's yeah, there's a lot going on. Christmas would be interesting, especially for a. a, a a store like yours. How do I say it? Zush is your name. It's actually pronounced Zush. Zush, so okay. Sort of like a silent, <laughs> a silent yeah. Z. So Zush. Zush. Yeah. As you, just how you would say the word, I'm going to um, Zush my hair or I'm going to Zush my sofa with some new cushions. It, it means to. What did I say? Zush? Did you say Zush? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a yeah. moron though, forget me. I think Your I, clients will be smarter than me, I can uh, show you that. <laughs> no, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised at how many different pronunciations I hear. But it, it means to um, take something that's ordinary or take something that's an everyday thing and to make it more beautiful. So that's the actual definition. Well, I think of, that makes perfect George. sense. So it, the brand, I guess, the brand name, it, it it actually says what we do. So you can come in and you can buy, um, you know, an, an outfit, but it's all about the zhuzh. It's all about the icing on the cake, the cherry on top, you know, the earrings, the necklace, the scarf, and making that outfit personal to you um, by adding the right accessories or making your table um, personal to you by setting the table beautifully and adding all the extra things. Um, nothing that we sell is can can be said to be particularly practical. It's all about making things. It's about zhuzh. It's about zhuzh. It's see, about making everything focus. more beautiful. Yeah, you've yeah. got that. That is what yeah. the stores, mm. the stores yeah. do. They, yeah. they zhuzh your life They up. zhuzh your life. So we do sell... We do sell things like, you know, beautiful boxes of matches, but they're not just a box of matches. They've got a beautiful historical botanical illustration on them or, um, you know, everything is packaged beautifully. Um, Everything is wrapped beautifully. It's all about the extra, going the extra mile. And so where is the Sydney store? We actually have 13 stores in Sydney. Oh, do you? Yeah, we do. So we're we're all over. So... um, our very first store was in Lane Cove, which is quite a big catchment. Um, and then we- Is that also, where you're from? That's uh, that's where I live now, yeah. Um, and I've lived there with my family for the past uh, 12 to 15. 12 years, um, we yeah, should 13 probably, years. Yeah. We should probably also explain to the listeners how this epi- episode came to be. Sure. Because it was a bit different. <laughs> From usual, usually, um, um, oh, as everyone knows, we have cub members, but yeah. we have someone even closer 
into the Cub family with us today. Uh, Kelly's actually the mother of uh, <laughs> our marketing manager, Sam, who's also in the room. Um, and uh, and we were saying, we need something. We need to find the perfect uh, person for Christmas <laughs> to talk about, you know, a Christmassy episode yes. and the Christmas rush. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Zhuzh is a, a new Kelly. We are all about we, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah. And it's a women's, so it's a women's boutique is how you describe I it. I would say, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a women, it's a brand for women and we are run by women, even our warehouse I read um, that. team are, are women. We have a, a male driver, Tim, uh, but our warehouse manager is a woman, our operations manager, we're all women. So there's a hundred women that work at George. Wow. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I love about that? It's because you, I mean, who knows women better than women? So That's if you're exactly going to be right. serving a specific ta- mm-hmm. a, a demographic, mm-hmm. you may as well be that demographic, everybody can yeah. be that demographic. And, yeah. and, and, and I think that would amplify the zhuzh of the business. Yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean? It, it's it's going it, to, it, it's going to, it's more, it's just so aligned. And the fact that your warehouse team yeah. as well, which, which I imagine would be quite rare. Yeah. And yeah. all in warehouse team. It just, yeah. it just, was that something conscious you did or did it just Look, work out? It just worked out that way. Um, we, um, I guess it's a brand that attracts women and, and our, our, our employees are actually our biggest customers. So they genuinely love the product and love what they do. And I, I, I look at, um, at our, our warehouse team and our operations team and, and I know what they're doing and they're you know, packing orders and getting uh, stock ready to send out to stores. And I, I just know that they, they like the things that they're packing. I don't think they would be anywhere near as enthusiastic to be packing. Um, I don't know. Car Whatever. parts. Car yeah. parts. <laughs> but the point is that, that everyone's just aligned, and yeah. and it's obviously important to you that they in, they like what they and do. And it's fun. They're yeah. you know it's it's a good energy down there. They have a laugh and. Um, yeah, we have a nice thing going on there at our headquarters. I've been told that you're exceptionally good at team building and creating culture, and that's something I do want to talk about. Yeah. But I, I want to actually get back to uh, to uh, the stores. That, mm-hmm. So Lankove was the first store. Lankove was the very first store, yeah, the first Jewish store. We actually we actually bought a um, an existing retail business prior to the prior to um, opening any Jewish stores. But I always had this brand that I'd been working on, um, which was a an accessories brand. Um, and so we began to wholesale that brand into the existing retail business. And before we knew it, it was 10%, 20% of what we were selling. And then we were wholesaling that brand. And then it was like, do you know what? The, this is this is the brand. This is the brand we're going to run with. So we um, we opened up Jewish stores. We rebranded um, the existing business and um, and did a did a little bit of a rollout. Um, so we went from uh, one to six quite quickly, maybe a little bit too quickly, and then from there we became very particular about about the locations that we opened in. And um, is that because? There were some learnings in the first six. You're like, oh shit, maybe we shouldn't have yeah, opened here. Yeah, or we slow should've... down. Yeah, yeah calm yeah, down. Yeah. Take a breather and be Let's very strong, particular. Yeah, be very particular about where to go and and where our customers are. And um, interestingly, uh, we work really well in areas where people are visiting on a regular basis. So we we do very well if we're near a Harris farm. Um, or if we're near, um, you know, a, a supermarket or somewhere where people are, are visiting well, a with lot of high regularity, are, 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 yeah, yeah, somewhere that you have to go because um, it's it's a convenience proposition as well. So the customer will will come into Juj to purchase a gift because they're going to a dinner party or it's someone's birthday. It's always someone's birthday, <laughs> and but then then they will buy the gift and then they'll end up buying something for themselves as well. But I think it's it, what the, what's important about that mm. is you're leveraging what you're fitting into your client's life. Mm-hmm. So first of all, you, they're not having to change anything about their life to find you. They're just living their life and no, they find you. they're just walking by, yeah. And you're also leveraging um, uh, assets of surrounding 
companies and and and, and areas and brands yeah. to, to to also promote. So it's it's actually incredibly clever. Retail has some of the most clever. Um, yeah, it's um, quite scientific. It yeah. is, and it, and it, but it's also like. They, because retail was the first type of business. It was the old, like, you know, having mm-hmm. the shop, the co- your shop on a corner yes. as opposed to a flat. Like I've got yeah. a friend who owns um, uh, a rug company yeah. and he told me, oh, my grandfather, he got so paranoid that someone was going to um, uh, open up near us and compete with him. So he he bought all the corner <laughs> properties, you know, around in that block. And yeah, it, it's right. just retail is just so clever. Well, one other thing I heard once was – um, the importance of fast food restaurants all being mm-hmm. very close to each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. learned that. Yeah. Um, which is kind. Of, they learned basically that. Well, if I'm alone, um, I'm going to have less traffic than being. So if I'm Macca's, that's right. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll make more traffic being next to Burger King, Hungry Jacks, whatever, because there's more options for people, that's so they're right. more likely to go to that location. Yeah. And then you know, five sure. people in the car will and split around and get what they want. And I used to be terrified of. Competition, you know, if 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 some if a similar model of store were to open up in, in Lane Cove, I used to really be worried about that. But in actual fact, it's always ended up being a good thing because, as you say, there's more on offer for the customer to. Um, there's more draws to the area, so it's going to become will, a more frequent option. That's right. To go to. That's right, because there's more to choose from, and yes. you know, and I and. I, and Conversely, I've I've said that when we've we recently opened a new store in Brisbane, and um, there was an existing operator, and it still is an existing operator in the centre, and I knew that she would not be happy, um, and I went and and chatted to her, and I, I was able to say quite confidently, this is a good thing, because people will come, more people will come, and there's enough to go round. Yeah. There's enough, uh, and there's enough people wanting things, and I don't sell them all. Um, you know, we we're a very specific kind of retailer. But it's and it's interesting how you know how your perspective as an entrepreneur changes over time. Yeah, because at the at the start you're all scared. Yeah, everything terrified. will go wrong. I could lose yeah, everything. yeah, And then yeah. your confidence builds, yeah. and then and then because it builds, you learn why it why it builds and why, yeah. you know, it, it works. And, yes. then, and then you tell others about it, you know, That's you it. need to learn this yeah, too because yeah. I was there at one point. Yeah. It's just so the, the journey is interesting. Are, uh, yeah, they change. I, I used to be so stressed when product would arrive and I would run downstairs and tear into the box, terrified that it wasn't going to be what it what I thought it was going to be or exactly. But I've learned over time that, you know, sometimes the things that, don't turn out exactly as you expected them to can actually be the best sellers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sometimes mistakes are yeah, uh, or often they, yeah. they're, they're huge, either accidentally awesome or uh, you you learn such a great lesson you never forget it that it, it carries That's on. That's right, and and even if it goes wrong, it's it's not the end of the world. But I guess when when a business is in its infancy, you feel every little bump in the road. Yes, so true. Um, I remember. So yeah. And and so, what's your background then? Were you always wanting to open stores, or what did you study? Or uh, so straight out of school, I which school did you go to? I went to Bridgetine College in yeah. St Ives, yeah. um, and I grew up in Belrose, so I used to get my the bus up to Bridgetine, and as an all girls school, and I was quite a devoted student, quite a hard worker, always a hard worker, um, and um, I did. Well, in the HSC, I guess people would say very well. And with that kind of came a bit of an expectation that you would um, study something. Do one of the smart careers. Do want to <laughs> do something that smart people did. So while I also was, I also in, always enjoyed art and the creative pursuits, um, yeah, you know, smart girls should do what smart people do. So what did and you do? I did, I studied um, arts law at Sydney Uni, and um, yeah, that that saw the beginning of um, sort of almost six years of boredom. But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a fun time. The social life at uni was fun, but the the course, I guess. Um, but you know, growing up, 
I was raised to sort of finish what you started. It's not like these days where you can sort of um, change subjects and change courses. That just wasn't an option. And um, so I finished it and that was that was a, a good thing. I, I definitely learned um, some things on the way. And then I was fortunate enough to get a, get a good job at the end of it that paid well. And so then again, you're, you're on a path and that was, that was, um, hard to get hard off. To get off yeah. yeah. And I was able to travel as well. And I worked in London. Um, so what, 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 what moved you from the path then? Uh, what moved me from the path? Um, actually having, um, Sam, I got pregnant as, um, and I remember thinking, it was a big surprise to be pregnant, but I remember one of my early thoughts was, oh, my gosh, this means I can stop being a lawyer. And um, That's and, how you know yeah. you're not in the right, you're not in the right <laughs> career path. I was like, oh, my God, I don't have to go back there anymore. Um, and um, it, make, it makes it sound like I hated it. I didn't hate it. I just wasn't passionate, passionate about it. It wasn't something that I was thinking about all the time or um, or that I wanted to be excellent at. Um, it was, you know, it was it was good money, I guess, and yeah. Um, and you were, and you could do it. You did it well. I did it. And yeah, I, think, I did it okay. I don't know that I was. Yeah, but know. I think one thing I'm getting from you, which. Uh, I mean, you're right, and I, I should probably talk about it less because there could be a lot of young people listening to this sure. podcast. <laughs> but I just, even in the last episode we recorded, like uh, uh, young people these days are different. To, mm. uh, you were describing it in, in, in a sense that you were committed to completing something that you decided to do. Yes. You know, and that's, I really do think that that's, that, that, whether yeah. that be your degree or whether that be yeah. a goal or whether that be, a, you know, there's yeah. an element of, complete completion or commitment that that's it I mean I, I don't know I go I go over it in my mind and I also I think that the desire to finish it was probably a little bit motivated by fear um you know what what would happen to me if I was the person that didn't what would people think if I was yeah. the, a little bit of shame you know like you that's the other side you, yeah you you need to do what what you need to finish what you started. And I still have a little bit of that too, you know. Even if I start a book, I can't, even if I hate the book, I still finish it. You know, it's a, but it's it's a personality type, But it's I an guess. interesting yeah. like social thing that happens, mm-hmm. you know, in everyone. It's kind of like, okay, in your case, I guess, okay, I'm not passionate about my work. Mm-hmm. I'm good at it. I'm not passionate mm-hmm. about it. but. Mm-hmm. I'm earning good money and I'm living a good life. And yeah, uh, were yeah, you married yeah. at that point? Yeah, yeah. And and so I'm married. I've got a great job. Yeah, and, you know, life's good. What happens if I decide to say, "Oh, look, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to start a business or something"? Then well, your that, parents yeah. might say, "What are you doing?" You know, you or your That's your it. partner you might say, "You don't want to let anyone down." And and then what um, happens if you fail? Then you're like, "Oh my god, that was the worst decision ever." I so should have just stayed of on the me path. And I make them. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I guess it's also maturity and confidence to to change your path. And um, I guess having a baby and being on maternity leave and that maternity leave went for 10 years because I kept having a baby. Just didn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had uh, three babies in uh, three years. So Sam's and your eldest. Sam's my eldest, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I had three babies in three years and then Danny five years after that. But I guess so I was a very long maternity leave, so there was a lot of sort of fertile ground for um, thought and thinking about what would – uh, what I would really like to do with this life. Um, and so I I started creating things, I guess. I learned to paint, I learned to sew, I learned to um, make jewellery and um, I didn't really sort of, you know, I was, I was just busying myself with creative pursuits and then I actually sort of found this merchant quality in myself where I thought, oh, I could sell this. Like this is, you know, I've spent ages doing this. I may as well make some money out of it. And it was it was that that, you know, I used to make oh, scarves and skirts like with my hands and, um, you know, I remember, <laughs> I remember my husband looking at the time that I'd put into it and he'd go, you just made a dollar an hour. And, and he was like, you should you you should think about you know if you love this I'm sure that there's a way that you can make this 
work for you. At least he didn't say, you should really get back in the law. No, <laughs> yeah. he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He can't even get me to um, review a contract or anything <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm like allergic to uh, contracts. And, and, and so really it just kind of sounds like you had the space uh, and yes. the time to actually find what you're passionate about. Exactly. And then once you found what you're passionate about, you um, – you then figured out, okay, how do I actually make money? How do from I make the money? How do I make this? How do I make this work for me? And um, you're kind of like the poster girl for, uh, or poster woman, I should say, yeah. for dropping something in, of fine, dropping something you're not passionate about, and do uh, continue yeah. on a path or pursuit yeah. that you are passionate about. Because you went yeah. from high paid corporate job to, uh, I guess, maternity leave, but yeah. then to. 13 stores, 100 staff. Yeah. And this, I didn't and, and do that on my, you know, I had a lot of support to do that. I'm married to a retail data scientist. That I is guess. so convenient. Yes, <laughs> hugely convenient. So after I sort of began my wholesale business from, um, well, my, my little party plan business from my home in Chicago, um, he had a little look at the accounts and he's like, I think you're onto something. And it was sell through. He's like, it's interesting. He said, whatever you buy, you sell. It seems you know how to buy what people want. And and how to sell it. Yeah, and how to sell it. And people, yeah. So um, I guess it was his encouragement. Um, he's like, well, why don't you buy more? And um, and I was like, oh, I'm too nervous. I'm too nervous. He goes, don't worry about it. He's a natural. <laughs> That's the data scientist. Yes. He's seeing, okay, he's everything seeing that comes in is going out. So the more she gets through. in, the more she goes out. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And so when we moved back to Australia, um, I, I started to do it with a little bit more commitment. And so I was importing bigger quantities and, and wholesaling them to other retailers throughout Australia and um, you know, again, he, he was like, this is really good, you know, let's try and um, – so he's – you know, he has 20, 30 years in in, um, in retail data analytics I mean, to be able to see it when, it, when, it, when it's going to work. True, yeah. but yeah. – and that is convenient. Mm. But if there's one thing I've seen – it's that keeper. It's the person that's that's the driver of that business, the starter of that. You know, the, has the, the passion. Yeah, yes. it, that's the most. That yes. person will always find the support. Support. That's everyone, it, and that's one thing I've I've learned. Uh, you know, I'm I'm basically innumerate, um, and that was something that really worried me. That I'm just not a. a I wouldn't call myself, um, you know, a, a, a business person. And um, and I guess that's what I've learned. Well, then you find someone who's really good at accounting. Yeah. Um, and operationally, um, you know, I'm I'm a little chaotic, so I have the best operations person. Um, and then I have a head of retail, and she deals beautifully with with all the the different people. And um, you know, over time, as as we became I guess more successful. I was able to afford to get an actual fashion designer. Um, oh, so you design now I, your own things. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's all our own brand. So for a while, it was me sending horrible drawings to um, to factories and saying, "Make this a bit bigger, make this a bit smaller." And then we then we took on a fashion designer, and um, yeah, we have a wholesale manager. And up until around six months ago, I'd done all my own marketing. So now we have a marketing person, which is amazing, and and um, it's the output is so much better than anything I could have ever imagined. But it's yeah, it's it's outsourcing. It's working out what you're good at and yeah. what and what other people are better at than you are. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what you do. Yeah. You're great at knowing what people want to buy, and great at yeah. Showing I people guess how that's to, how yeah, to sell it. yeah. And, I, and and so the clothes. Mm-hmm. Now you sell only the Zhuzh brand? Only the Zhuzh brand. Which is even more powerful because now you, yeah. so it's so amazing, the, the journey, because obviously you started as a wholesaler because you, you knew what people would want. You were selling that to companies that had the stores. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. were doing well from that. You could mm-hmm. see that. Then eventually you're like, well, why don't I cut that person out? I should have my own store and build yeah. something. 
Yeah, we still have kept that wholesale business and we have, oh gosh, I think there's 150 retailers across Australia that stock Oh my shush. gosh. And, um, so you know. Shush is everywhere. Shush has her own <laughs> shop. It's in your shop. Shush is there. <laughs> you, you got the shop across from the lady in Brisbane. She also stores your Shush products from the whole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, we, you know, we have a lot of country retailers um, who stock, you know, our Shush handbags and Shush shirts and things like that. Yeah, so, that's incredible. Yeah, it's just it's an incredible evolution. About. And but you focused on what you were great at, and then obviously you were great. Yeah, you, you, and now that I have, now that I have, I'm surrounded by people with um, greater skills in their area of expertise. Um, I'm able to get on with it a bit more, I guess, um, and spend more time getting the product exactly as I want. So we've just recently developed a few sort of brands within a brand, um, you know, a, a, a more premium range of jewellery. And then next year we've got a, a sort of a party range of, of jewellery coming. And, and all of that is because I've got a little bit more headspace now because I've got people who are really good at their areas of, of expertise. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's the, it's the ultimate story of, of how someone, it, you know what it is? You kind of said it before. You are the ultimate business person because mm-hmm. you you were describing. Oh, I'm, I didn't describe or view myself as a business person. That's because people used to think business person is the money is not the money, the maths and the finance. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. You know, that's what business was. But yeah, it really, in my opinion, business is a people sport. It's a people game. Yeah, p- perhaps. Yeah, and I guess you have to place your faith in in the experts and listen to them as well, like respect the data. You know, I'm, I'm, my husband, Wayne, he uh, he works, he ha- he does what he does for me for several other companies through, actually he'd be a good one to chat to, but he does the same thing for several other companies um, throughout Australia, re- retail brands, you know, very, very well-known brands. Um, and, you know, I'm fortunate to have that access to that kind of analytics and information as well. Um, but you've got to trust it and you've got to obey it. So if he says that's that's way too many shirts, you've got to get rid of some or that's, you know, you, you haven't, you're short on this or you're short on scarves where, you know, it's all about categories and having the right amount of, of product to support what you think you're going to sell. Yeah, but, I mean, 100% trust yeah. the experts you trust have. Trust the experts, but, I mean, yeah. the people skill of finding the right people mm. to be your experts. Yeah. Uh, whether it be uh, for data or for marketing yes. or yeah. for yeah. Or retail, whatever it is, that, yeah. that's, that seems to me what you must be amazing. It's very much a front, like a people-focused business. I mean, we're dealing with, um, we're dealing with women um, and so when recruiting, we really keep those core values in mind, that kindness and um, and patience and... Um, I'd imagine you, know, you need a lot of patience in a retail yeah, business. Yeah, you do, you do, because everybody comes at the day with their own set of expectations or stresses and, yeah, quite often there's a lot of, um, uh, yeah, a lot of patience, I guess, and, and just understanding and not take things personally (laughs) Um, and try and try and put people at ease. But um, yeah, the team of women that we've got are incredible. The core, my core team in the head office, um, there's five of us and we've all been there from the very beginning. So that's, you know, more than 10 years. Um, And a lot of our team in the stores have been there five, six, seven years. So So you've got that culture. Your culture is correct. I think we try to and, and you know, it's an ongoing thing trying to make sure that everybody is listened to and understood and valued and, you know, with 100 people it it can be hard to to, – have it. To give everybody uh, the time that they probably probably deserve. It's you know it's a it's a busy, um, dynamic industry, but it can be stressful. You know, particularly um, at Christmas time when deliveries are double, customer foot traffic is double, and it's um, you know I'm very conscious that people are not um, over overstretched and um, become exhausted because, you know, it's also meant to be a really nice time of year. And it's a very, uh, it's, I mean, speaking about the Christmas time of year, mm. how do you actually 
plan for that? Because I would imagine a lot of um, um, retail businesses, Mm -hmm. they probably produce a large portion of their annual revenue in a specific or specific very times. Much so, very year. much so. We're very much a Mother's Day, Christmas. There are two, are two key times of year. I mean, you know, obviously birthdays and things like that are compulsory. They happen all year long and everybody needs clothes all the time. But yeah, in retail, it's, 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 it's Christmas and and, and and how do you manage that? So what's what's a, I guess a, a, some lessons you, you you've got around managing that for other retail businesses, particularly you know maybe cash flow uh, lessons or um, or marketing planning or you know yeah, what are some it's, things it's, you've kind of learned the hard way. It's about being organised, and it's about remembering that Christmas happens every single year, and um, that we're growing, and that you have to bake in a little bit extra than what you were doing last year. Um, it's, you know, rosters are hard and um, people get COVID. And um, so it's about being really, really prepared ahead of time. And um, You need to make sure you're bulletproof at that at that time of year. You've got to have backups. Absolutely, backups and- absolutely. And, um, yeah, at, but with the right people as well, you know, I'm conscious not to just put anybody on with um, with – with our teams because, you know, you want it to be um, smooth, smooth operating in the stores. Um, but it can be a, a lot, particularly with the gift wrapping. We always recruit Christmas casuals to help us with the, the gift wrapping and just that sort of little bit of a concierge service, meeting and greeting people, making sure that they, they've been seen and um, – you know, if there's a queue for gift wrapping, we'll say go and grab a coffee or go and have some lunch or come back and pick everything up. I mean, people love to have their gifts wrapped, and um, oh my god, that yeah, is so much easier. Well, that was one of the one of the reasons I I thought to start a business like George is I used to go to when the kids were little. I used to go to um, to kids stuff because I mean I knew I could go to Target. Um, get in the car and go to Chatswood, but I liked the idea that I could walk in and say, eight-year-old boy, and they'd tell me and then I'd wrap it. And I'm like, we need this for women. You know, we need this for mother-in-law doesn't like this or, you know, sister only wears navy or, you know, and, and that you would have that level of customer service where someone would say, you need to go, you need to step this way and this is what we've got and they would know the product so intimately and then they'd wrap it for you. Which is the hardest, is the it's most the annoying, most annoying thing. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I have customers send me photos of their Christmas trees with the George gifts just still underneath the tree and they're like, thank you. That was incredible it. business. It's yeah. So, it's a, so with 13 stores, you 14, 14, 14, 14 now. Yeah, we just opened Brisbane in um, in uh, April. So, so when you want to systemize the experience across all those stores, and you want uh-huh. it to be the same experience, mm-hmm. how are you able to um, uh, how are you able to uh, execute new things across all fourteen, and to right. actually manage that that's happening? Okay, so it's communication, and it's 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 everything. Um, so uh, we have a, a merchandise plan, planner, um, so she will allocate what product goes to everything and Cindy, Cindy's one of the, um, the people that has been with me from the very, very beginning. Um, so, so she will allocate, Cindy will allocate um, based on how busy that store is and the layout of that store, what they can actually fit and what they can't fit. Some stores are bigger than others. You know, they're not all the same shape, which can pose some interesting mm. Um, barriers to making things look identical. It's more about the language of the store that they walk in and they know, ah, this feels like it, like George, and we all have the same candle so it's burning. The feeling. It's, it's not. The it's feeling. not so much the look. It's, it's the. It's the emotion. It's the feeling. I mean, the look is is fairly uniform. We have the signature chandelier, and every store is painted in the same color, and the the detailing on the on the walls and the counters is the same everywhere, and the product assortment is the same. But certain stores will be able to fit pieces of furniture and things. So then we have a um, – we have Do a, you have a, a, a scent? 
Yeah. Is there a store scent? We do. We do. We have a store scent and it's called Kyoto in Bloom and people love it. It's actually our best-selling best-selling fragrance. They just walk in and they go, ah, I'm in Jewish now. Um, and at Christmas time we burn a Christmas fragrance. So there's always a candle burning. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of fragrant products in there too. So the stores smell good. They they, they feel like a nice place to be. Um, You're almost the ultimate trendsetter. You know what people should have in their homes. Yeah, well, like, you know, I, yeah, and it's exactly kind of subconscious because like. it's actually it's actually just um, it's me thinking what I love. So it's quite genuine, and and our our team at at the office it's very collaborative. Like we, we'll get a new product, and and I'll say, hey guys, quick meeting. What do you think? So you know, there's a, there's a fair few heads in the game that have been in it for a long time that can say, mm, Kel, I think you're having a little bit of a moment there. I, I don't think so. Um, or they will love it. Um, so it's a little bit of a lab. Um, and I listen to the to the, uh, the the teams in the stores as well. So I try and get around um, as often as I can and invite their feedback. What are people saying? What are, what are people wanting? And, and that's really helpful because they'll say, Remember that bag you did three years ago? I keep getting people coming back in and saying, when's that coming back? So we'll run it again. So we try and listen. We don't for a moment pretend we know everything, which I think is important to success as well, to listen to the people. And what's a challenge like? What's something that's difficult in your line of business, something that... Because you would have a, a large amount of return customers that, that yeah. that would be. Yeah. Oh, look, keeping it interesting is, I think, the biggest challenge. But it's also the challenge that I, I enjoy the most. So um, product, new product is my favourite thing to do. Think of new product and source new product and get the samples in and and um, refine them and improve them. And um, yeah, that that's my favourite thing to do. But yeah, you don't want to become a tired old face. Um, and so keeping it fresh all the time keeping and therefore it fresh all keeping the time, your customers coming back more, more and right. more regularly. Keeping them coming back. But then, you know, the challenge there can be that... Upholding quality? Yeah, upholding quality, but there's also... People do come back. We have this. We have a few best-selling items, and every time we rerun them, I'm like, "Is this? They really want this again?" And yeah, so it's to keep that core product range that people really, really like, and to pepper in the newness all the time as well, because so some stability, some stability, and some, and then some juice. And then the juice on top. So, um, you know, we do have a core range that that if we run out of it, it's a problem because people come in and they expect to buy that pearl bracelet that they love so much and they've given to so many people before and this they're their go-to gift, but they also want to see things that are new and exciting and um, everybody needs a fresh pair of pyjamas or a new pair of slippers every year or, um, you know, a, a new a new shirt or yeah, robe. A new hat, a yeah. robe. Yeah, yeah. And candles, you know, they're a consumable item. They they burn so down, good. so they're good. Yeah. You, yeah, you come back and you buy a, buy a new one. And how do you handle – so, like, I, I, I said this to my girlfriend the other day. I was walking through um, Westfields in the city. Mm-hmm because they parked there when I go to our C- CBD office mm-hmm. and there were already for sale signs, everything's on sale, oh you know, yeah. 60% off. And remember back in the day it used to be after Christmas you had the sales. Oh, and now, look, I know. And yeah. it, it seems that retail, maybe just in Australia, I don't know, but it seems like we've fallen in this cycle where to sell brands have to go on sale. Yeah, it's an ha- interesting one. Yeah, yeah. What have you found with that? I've found that, you know, particularly around Black Friday and that sort of thing, you really do have to you do have to compete. I think people are very conditioned to expect um, offers and, and sales. But, um, you know, we have a core collection that doesn't go on sale. Um, and, yeah, I guess it's we, – we, we're more an offer-driven business than – than a sale-driven business. So we might have a, 
Um, at the moment with Christmas, we have buy any four items and get a fifth for free because we know that customers come to us for multiple gift purchases. So we get that sort of um, them over the line, I guess, by saying we will sort the whole thing and you get the the fifth item for free. And if, if they've only got four gifts, you say, well, the last one's for you. Um, and then it, it actually that's much nicer because it doesn't cheapen. It doesn't. The experience. No. And it means they're going to increase their purchase potentially. That's but right. But it also means that it's like a – when something's entirely for the free, customer. yeah, it's like yeah. they get that emotion. It's different yeah. than I paid for something discount. That's all right. But when I get something, wow, yeah. that's and special. And we do have a loyalty program. We try and reward our customers for um, for their loyalty. And um, so, and I think we have, oh gosh, I, I can't remember how many customers. I think there's close to 50,000 people in our loyalty program that um, that continue to come back. And so we have their, their, their if, if somebody, say, for instance, your girlfriend was a Jewish loyalty And I'm going to have to come in one yeah, day and you, check it out. Yeah, and you could, um, you could say, oh, gosh, I need to buy her something. And I could look up and I'll go, well, I know her favourite fragrance is this. Uh, and I know that this is her size and let me help you. Oh, and she she's could, on your system. Yeah, so she's it's on great my system gifts. and she could come back and if it wasn't quite right and it's all there. Um, so, yeah, we take our loyalty program seriously. Very seriously. Yeah. Well, because you're all about – it really does seem like you've you've captured this market of people who love the, the brand and mm-hmm. – and, and, you, you you need to keep giving them reasons to come back. That's right. And they need yeah. to come having, you know, really solving a problem mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. It might be a Absolutely. gift or it might be it's I need a, my house a, to look yeah. and smell nice because I'm having mm-hmm. dinner guests. Or mm-hmm. They're coming to you because you're solving problems consistently. Yeah, and they know what they're going to find but then they're going to find something Special new. in you. Yeah, something they haven't seen before yeah. as well. Yeah, so having yeah. that stability with the yeah. Jews, that's very and important. And I think our, our, our team make them feel um, like – they're just such nice people that that work at George. I don't think I would be able to go to work if I didn't like the people that I worked with. I think that would be really stressful. Um, but no, we have a type. Yeah, <laughs> we have a type. Yeah. And, and how do you ensure that all the new people fit the, the okay. fit, fit I mean, the culture? Y- yeah, I think um, I think they can feel it. I think you get very um, adept at. I don't want to say judging, but ju- like, like feeling whether or not a person is is a kind, good soul, um, and is going to treat people with with respect and be a good team member. Um, you know, we have a set of core values that we hold very, very. Um, you know, the brand is is built on those core values. Um, you know, going over and above and. Um. Yes, positivity. That's a great core core value for a retail company yeah. going over and above. Yeah. Um. Positivity is a is a big one. It's you know stay positive. Um. Because you want to feel good about about what you do. And yeah, things won't always go your way. But um. I don't know. I'm just a bit allergic to. Yeah, negativity. And it spreads. <laughs> the negativity it does. It's, it like, does. it's like COVID. That it stuff. does. It just and we goes have everywhere. a bit of a, you know, a little bit of a policy where it's, you know, if there is a problem, and of course the problems do, do come up in a business of that size with that many people with that many feelings. Say, you know, we want to be a solution-driven business. We want to, we want to know about the problem so we can work hard to to resolve it and support. The, um, the team or the customer wherever, you know, where, where, wherever we can um, because the people are, are what make, make the, the brand. Business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So all our team um, wear the clothes and, you know, we have a little saying when we wear it, we sell it. I can often tell at the end of a day I'm like I 
bet that person was wearing the Molly shirt or, um, you know, I know they must have been wearing the Wanda jeans in that store today because you How can do Because people, and I do it myself, I walk into a store and I'm going, oh, is that here? Where is that? You know, it's nice to see it on a real person. Yeah. yeah. I, but I also think what that highlights is your use of data and your your, mm. your capturing and use the data. Data is yeah. always mm-hmm. um, um, a lot of my mentors, like Mark Boris, always tells me data. My 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 old man mm. says data is the most important yeah. thing. A lot of very smart people I know will say data, data, yeah. data. You need to basically you need to be capturing all the data yeah. and using the data and viewing it daily. Yeah, um, yeah, because uh, it does tell the story. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you're literally knowing what people are wearing through your data, so I'm sure yeah. you're looking at it yeah. quite consistently. Yeah. And yeah, the business is very much a family business. Very much because yeah. uh, obviously um, um, your uh, husband uh, assists your. So he's there two, one day a week. He's there on a Monday. Yeah, your two daughters. My two daughters. I read work there too. Work there yeah, too. they do. Uh, Sam, I'm sure does a few Sam things has, there through COVID. Sam um, helped me with all the marketing, which was. So amazing, and we, you know, we were in the same germ pool, so we could actually all go to um, to work together, which was incredible. And that's really how um, my daughters came to be as involved. It was a, a COVID thing; they they could work with me and pack the orders, and and um, yeah, it was a bit of a dark time, but um, but there were a lot of good things that came out of it. I'm very conscious, you know, that I don't, I don't expect them to stay working in the business forever, but as long as they're learning something and they're enjoying it, um, yeah, they're good workers. Do you yeah. think any of them would, any of the kids would like to take over one day? Oh, look, I don't know. I don't know. And <laughs> it, it's also because it, not just is it that the whole family mm. uh, is involved in the operating yeah. the business, but also just the fact that the reason you started it was because you had kids, you know, That's and you it. had that time yeah. to do it. And what was the, I'd love to hear your thought process around that period. Was it, I want to start a business to um, inspire my kids or was it really, was it, I want to start look, my business because I, I want to start it because for myself. Look, I had a, um, it was actually an art teacher that I had in Chicago and I said to him one day, I said, I feel so guilty when I go home and I, set up and paint. I said, it just feels so indulgent. It feels like a really naughty thing to do while the kids are, you know, running around and the laundry's piled up to the ceiling. And he's like, no, it is really important that they see you as a person with a creative spirit and don't ever feel bad about doing something that you love because they will be inspired to do things that they love. And I guess it was a busy, busy life when the kids were little and sometimes I look back on it and think, oh, gosh, did I did I do enough for them? And I wasn't the greatest with, you know, beautiful lunches and things like that, packed lunches, and that definitely the, the wheels were off. But now that I see that they're actually adults a lot longer than they are children, um, I'm enjoying the benefits or I'm enjoying their company in the workplace and seeing them grow in that way. Um, you know, life is long, I guess. And yeah, I, I, I wasn't the best housekeeper, but um, maybe they'll learn something <laughs> from working with well, I me. Think I'd say they're pretty lucky to have you. <laughs> and, and what's your, what's your, I guess, ambition for the brand now? Do you just want to reach uh, more women in more Cities and areas. I or? would like to. I would like to. I um, I would like George to be known on a national scale. Um, you know, there was a time where I would say they'd say, "What do you do?" and or, or somebody that I would meet would say, "What do you do?" and I'd say, "Oh, I I have a, a retail business. What's it called, George?" and they would sort of stare blankly and I'd go, oh, don't you know about it? <laughs> but th- we've worked really hard at the marketing and um, and and I'm feeling like we're, we're starting to take hold as a known destination for, for beautiful things. And I guess that's, that's the goal is that people will n- see the brand and know that it's synonymous with 
a beautiful experience and, um, yeah, would recognise us as as a safe and beautiful destination to go to and know that that they would feel really comfortable and proud to give a gift from Zhuzh or to wear something from Zhuzh and, um, yeah. Well, if you have over 50,000 loyal customers on your loyalty program, I'd say you're pretty well known. Yeah, every day you start at zero though. Yeah, Yeah. I mean that is the thing though with retail. You've got to keep going and you've got to keep making it better. And you know there are brands that that come and and go, and I want to be one that stays. And just because, just before we wrap up, I want to ask you one last thing, and, and and that is, what would be the most important lesson? that you've learnt in, in business. So, for example, if you were going to teach your kids one thing about mm-hmm. business or whether it be the business or, or their career or life mm-hmm. in general, mm-hmm. what do you think that would be? I think it would be to make sure that you're really passionate about what you do. Make sure that what you do is something that you think about when you're not – um, working not in not in a, a in a way that you become a workaholic, but I, I you know if I'm traveling, I my eyes are always looking at things that people are wearing and and things in you know I feel like my job in my, in my job I'm doing things that I would probably do even if I wasn't getting paid to do them. Um, you know my head's always been in a magazine, my head you know or you know my, my I don't know what my life would be like without Instagram and Pinterest because I just love looking at things and I love um, I love beautiful spaces and beautiful things. So I think that to me feels like a bit of a gift that I get to go to work and I really, really love what I do and I, I think that's that's the key. And I think um, I think work ethic is too, um, you know, the harder you work, um, the better you do. Um, Amen. Yeah, there's a balance. Um, but, um, yeah, what do they say? Um, I used to send it to the kids when it was exam time. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. <laughs> yeah. It's, tr- it's just true. Yeah, you just got to be across it. And, you gotta, and even if you're talented, mm. work hard and you'll be an absolute animal. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's being across it and being conscious of, of, of the people in the business and making sure everybody feels um, valued. Do what you love and do it well. Work hard. That's, Try to. Yeah. <laughs> and to our amazing listeners, if you want to get in contact with Kelly Rigney or Zhuzh uh, through LinkedIn or whatever, you can go to cup.club forward slash podcast and you can find uh, more information there, including uh, favorite. Do we put book recommendations and things? Oh, or gosh. Did you put- uh, what have I just finished? I just finished Lessons in Chemistry. That was amazing. What was yeah, that yeah, about? Yeah. Oh, no, it was actually, it's about a, 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 a woman and she was a, a scientist and then she actually ended up becoming a TV show host and it's super fun. Really, okay, really cool. great book. I just finished that. My, that was great. Um, oh, yeah, I'm always, I've always got my head in a book. But, yeah, I'll, I'll put some book re- we'll put recommendations. Some book we're we're going to throw them book. up yeah. on, the, on the website <laughs> so people can go straight to the link and you can yeah, buy the yeah, books. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you want to catch up with Cap, as always, you go to at Club United Business on Instagram. Um, this is the last episode of the year. So I just want to say a big happy holidays and Merry Christmas to all. The show will be back on the 9th of January. Thank you for coming on for our last episode. You're very welcome. Uh, the definitely retail and the whole Christmas vibe. We didn't really talk about Christmas all that much, but <laughs> I was very captivated by your story. Um, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Hope you enjoyed the show.